Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast, and I am your good-looking, highly intelligent, always engaging host, Mark. I'm also a liar, evidently. So anyhow, today I have a very serious topic I want to discuss with you, and it might not be for everyone, but I hope that you'll listen. I'm going to talk to you today about death, dealing with death, specifically as it relates to my experience as a pastor and a chaplain, and I hope that it's going to be a help. Not an easy topic to talk about. I want to say right off the bat, again, that if anything I say in this episode generates questions or thoughts in your mind, I would love for you to reach out and speak with me about it. You can send me an email, thispoorpastor at gmail.com. You can also text me, area code 910-265-7297. If you do text me and I have not yet heard from you by via text, please identify yourself so I know who it is that I'm talking to. And if you don't, depending upon what you text, I may just not respond or I may say, hey, who is this? I had a good friend of mine, that I, especially from college, who texted me the other day after listening to an episode and I'm like, I'm so glad you listened. Who is this again? And then when he told me, I was embarrassed because I should have had his number in my phone. So I came up with some lame excuse why I didn't. But because I might not have your number in my phone, I would love if you would identify yourself. You can reach me on Facebook. You can search for me, Mark Foster. Look for the best-looking profile pic on there. And that's me. Most of my posts, however, on Facebook, very rarely do I post anything that's just not public. And you can certainly see everything there. You can send me a message on Messenger, Facebook Messenger, if we're not connected as friends, uh, I may have to, you may, it may take a little while before I see that. Facebook is probably maybe not the best way to contact me. I don't generally accept friend requests from people that I don't know. And then sometimes I don't accept friend requests from people that I know. And then sometimes I'm looking at my friends list and saying, why do I have all these people on here that I don't know and some that I don't even like? Facebook is a weird animal, isn't it? So all that to say, texting or email would be the best way to get in contact with me. Nothing personal. It's just the way it is. Now, I want to, again, caution that I'm going to speak very openly, candidly, painfully about the subject of dealing with death. If you have recently experienced a painful loss in your life, this episode may not be for you. Maybe bookmark it and come back and listen at a later time. Or maybe it's going to be exactly what you need to hear. I am not an expert on death. I don't know of anybody alive who is an expert on death, with the exception of maybe Jesus Christ himself. No doubt he's an expert. You see, most of us, only have experience with the process of dying. Once someone dies, that is death, and I don't have much experience there. I'm intrigued by books on what is popularly called NDEs, 
near-death experiences. I don't write them all off as hogwash. I think a large percentage of them are. The problem is they're, it's hard to verify them, but it's quite an interesting field of study if you have nothing else to read. There are a lot of, uh, lot of good books and a lot of you know, good medical and scientific journal articles about NDEs, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just acknowledging that as much experience as I have had with dead people or people that were recently deceased, I don't consider myself an expert on it. Nor do I think that I just sit in an ivory tower and have never been touched by it. In my personal life, I have experienced the deaths that most of us experience, grandparents, aging aunts and uncles, and so forth. And as painful as those are, we somehow can accept the death of the elderly as an inevitable consequence of living. I also have experienced very painful death in the death of my second to the youngest brother when he was 20 years old. And then he wrapped his car around a tree in a horrible accident and was taken out of this world in the blink of an eye. It's been a lot of years since that happened. It's still a painful thing to think about. And yet I do a job as a pastor, like some of you do, in which I'm expected to know how to deal with death. And over the years, I have observed and learned some things that I want to pass along to you. You don't even have to be a pastor. I think maybe I might have some experiences and some thoughts and insights that will help you. No doubt there are some people, maybe even some listening, who have even greater experience than I do. But I'm the one behind the microphone. So as long as you understand that I'm not setting myself up as an expert and that there are no experts on death other than Jesus Christ, many of us have just experienced a lot of people in the process of dying and dealing with bodies that are dead. I'm trying to make sure that I think through what I want to say. I don't remember the first funeral that I officiated. Probably the first funeral that I ever remember participating in was the funeral of my grandmother on my dad's side, so my paternal grandmother, when I was 18 years of age. I sang at her funeral. I sang in the garden because that was my grandmother's favorite song. I was reminded of my grandmother last week as I was attending a family get-together to remember one of my uncles who had recently passed. And I saw pictures of my grandmother and I was reminded how much I miss her. She's been gone a long time. But as a pastor, I've been in pastoral ministry now since I was full-time pastoral ministry or senior pastoral ministry since I was 25. A long time. I've been in pastoral ministry since I was 23. That's even longer. And I remember early on being very 
nervous about dealing with death. Didn't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. But since the time that I was 25, and I'm now 42, since the time that I was 25, I have seen and experienced a lot of death. It's amazing to me that I talk to pastors who, even though they are pastors, many of them have never experienced or rarely experienced the process of dying or the immediate aftermath of death as it relates to the person who is deceased. Some say, I can't handle seeing dead bodies. And I'm not talking about seeing somebody made up in the casket after the funeral home has done their job. I mean the death in the raw, the dead body. It's difficult to see that. Some of you that I'm talking to have those memories. You've seen it once or twice and you can't shake it. I see it all the time. For some reason, the course of my ministry has, and some because I have chosen to step into that space, I have learned or tried to learn how to conduct myself in the face of death. I have sat, set, stood by the bedside of dozens of people as they took their last breath. I've watched the spark of life leave a human body. Some people say, well, how would I know if someone's dead? You, you know, a dead body doesn't look like a living body. Just something's different. It's just a shell at that point. And I have laid my hands on the head of people who were about ready to pass out of this life and prayed for them as they made that transition. I have been at hospice, at hospitals, in homes, and on the side of the road as people took their last breath. Not just because I'm a pastor, but also for several years now I've been a chaplain for our local fire and EMS. And I have made death notifications with our state troopers when someone dies. I can't go into details about specific circumstances, but I have seen the aftermath of suicides, drug overdoses, unattended deaths, vehicle fatalities. There's not a lot of dignity in death. Funeral homes, again, work very hard to make it nice for us, but death is ugly. Death is traumatic. Death is in all ways an enemy. I love the verse that Paul says in 1 Corinthians when he says that the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Death is an enemy. Death was not part of the plan of God. God desires life. Death is the consequence of sin. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Death is the consequence of sin. Death is not the desire or will of God. Death is one thing that God is going to overcome. Death is something that 
is a shadow that hangs over our heads. Say, come on, Mark, you are being such a downer. I'm not trying to be. And I'm going to get to some thoughts on this in, in just a moment if you're still listening. I'm saying all of what I have said to undergird what I'm about to say next. As a pastor and as a Christian, I think it is important to have a proper view of what death is so that we can help people to properly understand what takes place at death and point people to the hope that is found in Christ. Death is an enemy. Death is an enemy. I do not believe that the time of your death is fixed. I do not believe that every time someone dies, it was their time to die. I do not believe that every time that God is the one who takes all life. You say, well, God's the giver and taker of life. I, I, I hear you, but I think there's ample evidence in Scripture that the time of your death for the majority of people is not fixed. It is movable, and that death is a consequence of sin in, our, in ourselves and in the world, and for the vast majority of people is not part of a purpose or plan of God in your life. Now, I don't really want to get into that in great detail here, but I'll make a deal with you. If enough of you send me a text or an email saying, I'd like you to talk about that in a podcast, I will, but I'm not going to divert from that. But just so you know, I come at death from the vantage point that I think is biblical, that God is not the one who takes everybody's life when they die that there is a power in the world that has the power of death and that sin is a consequence of death and that the time of our death is not a fixed event, which is why I can say when someone dies, this is a tragedy. And it's why I think when people say some of the things people say at, at Christian funerals, it's utterly unhelpful because it's not true. The Apostle Paul, when dealing with death, said that he wanted people not to sorrow, even as others who have no hope. But the Apostle Paul was raised in a culture that had, the, that had a hope of resurrection. It was the hope of Israel, the resurrection from the dead. Read the book of Acts. The Apostle Paul was constantly saying, I am just preaching the hope of the resurrection that Israel and the fathers have believed from the beginning. There was always this idea that there would be a resurrection from the dead. That didn't stop Israel from properly mourning the death of an individual. I'm not a fan, and I'm going, I, 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 how can I say this? Well, I'm just going to say it. I'm not a fan of what is commonly called celebrations of life. Celebrations of life, and I'm broadly speaking here, recognizing that this is not the same with everybody, but celebrations of life were not first 
found among Christian people. They were first found among unsaved people, non-Christian people who didn't want to think about death. And so they would celebrate the life because that's easier than thinking about the fact that this person is dead. So we talk about the life that they lived and oftentimes there's drinks and food involved and the person that is dead is, you know, maybe some pictures up, but not all, you know, they're pretty much not there. And we do everything we can to just focus on life, 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 life. But the purpose of a funeral, the purpose of doing that is to acknowledge the fact that someone has died, that they are dead. Why would they do that? Because we need to express appropriate sorrow. And as a pastor and as a chaplain, I have dealt with death enough to know that there is no hiding from the sorrow that comes from death. You can have all the celebrations you want. You can go to a Christian funeral where they sing happy songs and shout and and rejoice because the loved one is in heaven with Jesus right now and all of those things. And we shouldn't be weeping. Don't, you know, I I have a, a dear friend, a dear man in our church, and he said, when I die, I don't want anybody to cry. I want it to be a celebration. And I understand his his feelings, but the truth of the matter is when somebody dies, it is a sorrowful thing because it's a reminder that something is broken in this world. Death is not part of the purpose and plan of God, and it is something that we still recognize this separation that happens at death between those who die and the living is a tragic thing. And everybody knows it. So the best thing I think that a pastor or a Christian can do is not to do anything to minimize the sorrow that goes along with death, the grieving that happens when someone passes. Not, there are times for laughter, But even Jesus Christ himself said, I'm going to die and you're going to mourn. You're going to weep, but your weeping will be turned into joy. It's natural to weep when someone dies. Because there has been a break in the relationship. Death is an enemy. It is a thief. It takes people from us. And oftentimes earlier than is best for us. So as a pastor, and as because that's not what this podcast is, when I deal with people who have lost a loved one, I do not first seek to mitigate or minimize the pain and sorrow that goes along with death. I can tell you that it is heartbreaking as a chaplain in our town to help people deal with death who have no faith and belief in Christ and to see what Paul means. I have seen sorrow without hope. I have seen that. But I have also seen people who have no faith in Christ, no uh, uh, upbringing in this type of teaching when someone dies find a way to still hold on to hope that they'll see their loved ones again. The finality of death is so stark that even an unbeliever wants to find a way to believe that they'll see their loved ones again. And it is my privilege as a pastor to help shepherd people through the process of death 
to allow them to grieve appropriately and to grieve with them. Hardly a time goes by that I don't preach a funeral of someone that I knew and loved or just someone that I didn't, but I'm looking in the faces of the people who knew them and loved them where their grief touches my heart and I will even weep or cry in a funeral because I recognize that this is a tragedy that has happened. And what what is our hope? What are we to look for? Where is the, the answer to rectify this horrible situation? Then as a believer, and as a pastor and minister to be able to bring a level of comfort to those who have lost a loved one in Christ to say, thanks be to God that we will see our loved ones again. Because Christ conquered death, we know that we can also. And that we will see them. The Apostle Paul, again, uses the passing of our loved ones who know the Lord as a reason to anticipate the return of Christ. He said, when Christ comes, those who have fallen asleep in Christ, God will bring them with him. If we happen to be alive and remain at the coming of our Lord, we will be reunited with our loved ones. You know, sometimes people say to me, you know, well-meaning pastors and other knuckleheads, say things like, you know, I just, I can't wait to get to heaven and to see Jesus and to throw my arms around him and so on and so forth. And I get that. And some days I feel like that. But can I be honest with you? I've never seen Jesus. I've never touched Jesus. I have no doubt that it will be an amazing day when we see Christ. But you know what? The Apostle Paul understood this, I think, because he said, don't worry, it's not just going to be Christ when he comes. He'll be bringing your loved ones who've fallen asleep in Christ as well. So look forward to that with hope. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Honestly, as much as I want to see Jesus, I kind of would like to see my brother again. As much as I want to see Jesus, I have two grandmothers and two grandfathers that I haven't seen for years, and I would love to see them again. I have former friends and some church members who I loved very much who have passed, and I would like to see them again. And I don't think Jesus is going to be offended. I don't think he's going to be offended at all if the first person we see and want to see is our loved ones. We as Christians believe that Jesus has a physical body now. It's a resurrected body, right? Which means that he can, you know, kind of only be in one physical location at a time. I guess that's a topic for the theologians to discuss. But my point is there might be a long line at the Jesus booth when he comes. You know where the much shorter line will be? Your loved ones. Your loved ones. Your spouse, your sibling, your grandparents, your childhood friend. And that tragedy, that separation that has happened, it's necessary. Now, it's not necessary that the tragedy happened, but it's necessary to grieve that. 
Death is not part of the purpose and plan of God. Jesus Christ came to conquer death, and he did. And because he did, so will we through him. Sorrow is the appropriate response when someone dies. The people of God throughout the years had, even prior to the New Testament, had an appropriate grieving time for someone who died. An appropriate amount of dealing with and sitting with the grief of the loss. It is in all sense a loss when someone we love passes out of this life. And I think it is beneficial to acknowledge that, to weep with those who need to weep. And Solomon made the statement in Ecclesiastes that it is better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting, for that is the end of all things. You see, I think when we minimize death and turn death into a celebration of life and not an acknowledgement of death, and we do everything we can to hide ourselves from it, to avoid talking about it because it's icky and it makes us uncomfortable. When we do that, we are robbing people of the necessary reminder that that is the end of all flesh and the wise will lay it to heart. Solomon says, essentially, it's better to go to a funeral than a birthday party. I love birthday parties. I love presents and cake and celebrating another year of life. But there's nothing about a birthday party that causes us to stop and think, wait a second now, death is coming to us all. And am I ready for this? Christian, I want to encourage you, and pastor, I want to encourage you to become fluent and comfortable with the discomfort and awkwardness of death. If there is one thing as a pastor that I love to do more than anything else, it is to walk into the home of someone who has experienced a loss or into the hospital room of someone who is dying or to do a graveside of someone who has passed and a funeral and help shepherd people through the process of grieving to help them to experience the loss, to feel the pain, to give them permission to grieve, to remind them of our hope, and to be able to sit simultaneously with both the pain of death and the hope that is in Christ. Dear friend, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, who better, who better to help people deal with death than you? Well, I don't like death. It makes me uncomfortable. It should. It's an enemy. It's a tragedy. It's not pretty. But we have hope. We understand death and what it is. We know the pain of it. But we also know the hope. 
And if Christians don't become more familiar and, and comfortable dealing with the awkwardness of death, and we allow ourselves to get sucked into the mindless, or not mindless, but thoughtless experience of, well, I just want to talk about their life. I just want to talk about their life. And we never talk about the fact that they are dead, that they died, that death invaded our lives once again. And dear God, when is this going to stop? And cry, and then look up into the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. And know that there is coming a day when all heartache shall end. There won't be any more clouds, no more tears. You know the song. That day is not today. Today we weep. Tomorrow we will rejoice. And the sweetness of the rejoicing will surpass the depth of our grief. It is appropriate to grieve, and it will be appropriate to rejoice. I don't know if this has been any help to you at all. I really don't. I hope it has been. I want it to be. But I recognize that, you know, sometimes people don't, want to think about death if you've experienced death and a loss in your life and you're struggling with dealing with it I would love to talk to you nobody's experience is exactly the same but many of us have experienced death and some very painfully so and I'll be a listening ear and I'll try to answer your questions to the best of my ability And I will remind you of the hope that is in Christ. I'll be back next week, if you're still listening, with another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. I love you. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Have a good week, everybody.